Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Wherever you find American troops today, you'll find the men of the Transportation Corps. Enough and on time. That's the story we tell you today. The story of the Army Quartermaster Corps. These youthful servicemen are members of the Army's Military Police Corps. One of the most important forces behind the lines. The Army Ordnance Corps. Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. I am Sergeant First Class Adam Ross, Public Affairs NCOIC for 19th Expeditionary Sustainment Command. And on today's episode, we are welcoming one of our partner units who are here right in Camp Henry, Republic of Korea, one of our neighbors. And today on the show is Colonel Lisa Renard, the commander of 403rd Army Field Support Brigade. Welcome, ma'am, to the show. It's great to be here. And you just made a, a, sh- a short walk over from your office. It's hard to believe you're really just around the corner, basically. Yes, just a few hundred meters. <laughs> okay. Well, um, we uh, it's, it's not often that we get to have someone on with a different patch than ours, so that, that's, that's good. Um, let's let's start off um, with what, what brought you to the Army, ma'am. You've made a, a successful career out of it. Do you still remember the, the when you made the decision to sign on the dotted line? I did. I do. I do. I remember that pretty clearly. So, um, 23 years in the 23 years in the army thus far. And uh, what kind of brought me to the army is I was graduating um, from college from the University of Houston, and uh, wanted to serve in the criminal justice field. So go in the FBI. Um, but I just happened to meet some of my fellow uh, marching band members who were in uniform, and I said, uh, "What? You know, what? What organization are you in?" So I found out about the ROTC program at the University of Houston. Um, uh, signed up for the uh, summer camp training and uh, just fell in love with the Army and everything about the Army. Um, once I came back, did the two-year program and uh, was commissioned in uh, May of uh, 1998 as an Ordnance Corps officer. And so you were in the marching band. I, I heard that. So yes, can, you, yes. can you expand on that a little bit? So I've played the drums since the sixth grade, since middle school. So I'm a percussionist by trade. And uh, so I played the bass drum, top bass drum, and also the snare drum in the marching band. Okay. Both uh, high school and college. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you still have a, a drum set or anything in the house? Or I do, but it's currently still in storage and, and packaged up. But I did go over to the community activity center here recently with the chi- children and uh, played a few rounds on oh, the drum nice. set there yeah one of our earliest guests uh, colonel no the former msck commander he's uh, an avid drummer who actually did have a full drum set here in in korea <laughs> he yes. brought over i know chris no pretty well so we just <laughs> we happened to change company command and battalion command together so we've been uh, following each other across around the army okay and he just went to the pentagon and you came from the pentagon yes that's okay. right so um yeah so you commissioned as an ordnance officer um and so you've been in the kind of the sustainment career field for quite a while then and uh one of your earliest assignments actually was here in korea Yes, I was a young captain uh, prior to company command. I came over to Korea in 2003 and served as a uh, Brigade S-4 officer at Camp Humphreys. So I'm no stranger to Korea. Um, This is my third tour. 
And Camp Humphreys in 2003. So what's, what is it like for you now when you go back there and you see what it's become? Back in 2003, it was a small little camp. Uh, you could do your, you know, around the airfield and you pretty much uh, could see the entire installation. But today it's just amazing. Um, the, the space, the, uh, the, the length and the capabilities and all of the, uh, all of the amenities that are there for the families. It's just really amazing. So it's, it's grown significantly. Yeah, the uh, the fa- the housing is really what struck me. It's really changed. They have all these towers open now. My, my first time there, I think they were built building the very first tower. Is I mean, it feels like a city now. And uh, so, four hundred third is kind of um, in- integral to this day to day army life and across the peninsula. So um, you're you're at Camp Camp Carroll and then Camp Humphreys. Now you're here in Camp Henry with four hundred third. And so, what can you tell me about what 403rd AFSB does, ma'am. Okay, so the 403rd Army Field Support Brigade is a uh, strategic sustainment unit that provides tactical to strategic sustainment uh, in Northeast Asia. So um, we support the warfighter with all things readiness, and we bring um, all of the capabilities of U.S. Army Material Command uh, to the warfighter. And our our area responsibility encompasses uh, the Korean Peninsula, mainland Japan, and the island of Okinawa. So you, when you say Northeast Asia, you really mean all of Northeast Asia. Yes. Um, we just had, uh, um, I think this episode, when we listening to this episode may not have come out, we talked to one of our Marine counterparts, uh, Colonel Burke, who came over here from Okinawa. So it's just, inter- we're, we're all on the same team here, you know, working toward that. What can you tell me about um, what, what that means? You have an example of that, of how it, you support the warfighter every day. What does that mean in practical terms, man? Right. So we have uh, two battalions. Uh, one battalion is Army Field Support Battalion, Korea, and it's commanded by Lieutenant Colonel Christina Rivas, and they are all things readiness. So um, they provide the logistics assistance representatives. So if you've ever heard of LARS out in the field, uh, they provide all that technical expertise on equipment to the soldiers out at the range, in their motor pools, um, from satellites to an M1 tank. Um, So that's one portion of our mission there. Um, She also oversees all of the fieldings um, for 8th Army. So as the Army starts to modernize, um, we gain new equipment. That battalion oversees all of the fieldings for 8th Army. And then she also has all of that installation support uh, for Camp Humphreys, so to support 39,000 personnel. So that battalion also oversees the household goods mission there, uh, the new uh, central issue facility, the CIF, uh, the commercial travel office, uh, TMP, and NTV maintenance. So we do a lot of collaboration with the garrison as well. Uh, My other battalion is Army Field Support Battalion Northeast Asia, uh, responsible for APS-4, which is Army preposition stocks for and uh, army preposition stocks are really stocks and equipment that are here ready to support a contingency so um you know soldiers fly in they fall on the equipment and they move out to their mission or their destination um so that's commanded by lieutenant colonel edward Wu uh, down at camp carroll and then we have four logistics readiness centers um, one on the island of okinawa one on mainland japan and then one up north supporting camp casey and area two and then one in lrc Daegu right here in Area 4. They do all things supply, transportation, maintenance, and services for the garrisons. Um, So as already mentioned, they run the CIF, um, personal property office, household goods, uh, commercial travel office, uh, the TMP. So when you go sign for your for your NTV, um, we're the folks that are behind the counter doing that. Um, and so we work very closely with the garrison commanders in each of those respective areas. 
And so the LRC, let's dig into that a little bit, ma'am. So the, um, the they used to be called something else? Is it? Yes. So they used to be considered part of uh, the DOL. So back in uh, the late 90s as of a Department of uh, Logistics, so one on installation. So it was purely everything fell under the garrison um, and was overseed by the garrison commander. Um, really early, I think about the early 2000s, there was the DOLs went away. And so the logistics ready, readiness centers were created. Um, and so they actually were, um, fell under Army Material Command at that point. And so we have a, it's a partnership between the garrison and, and AMC when it comes to uh, installation support. Okay. And the you have a significant sig civilian workforce then with, within your formation, is that right? Yes, I would say about 90% is uh, civilian. Um, the brigade roughly has about 2,500 personnel, um, and it's comprised of DACs, military, uh, Korean nationals, uh, Japanese local nationals, Katusas, and KSCs. Um, so I say we are a very you know, diverse workforce, but that's what makes us great. And uh, we really believe that, the, that the, our local nationals are the backbone of our organization. Though. Um, so yes, very heavy uh, civilian population and also local nationals. And what does that bring to your organization when you have potentially people with decades of experience doing their job what does that bring oh it just brings the uh, wealth of knowledge the continuity and just the subject matter expertise that we need to be able to do our mission um, some of our korean nationals have been working with us 20 25 30 years um, and in japan as well so they are great you know with this with our alliances are so important um, but they are the continuity for our mission and so the what for the soldier experience then when you like go back to when you were a captain you were you know new in the army but you had surrounded by all these civilians you were working with do you think that kind of helped shape your 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 philosophy in the art your leadership skills going forward I think so. Uh, as a young captain, didn't have a lot of experience with civilians. Um, I think more so as I moved up as a, into a field grade, a major, um, and then definitely when I was a lieutenant colonel here at uh, Camp Carroll, that was as a battalion commander of APS-4. Uh, that was the first time that I really had to oversee that many civilians. So what I tell the young captains coming into the brigade now and those NCOs that have just come out of the motor pool, um, this is a great experience for them. It's providing them a um, you know, broadening experience. Um, they bring the latest and greatest from the field and share it with the organization. And then the civilians have that continuity in how we do strategic logistics. So it's really good for them to learn earlier in their career versus later. And staying on that strategic logistics topic, um, you are one of our, 403rd is one of 19th ESC's partner units. So uh, do you have any examples of how the, t the two organizations work together? Yes, so the 403rd is a uh, strategic partner to 19th uh, Expeditionary Sustainment Command. So kind of similar to the Defense Logistics Agency, DLA. Um, so we support 8th Army and USERJ, United States Army Japan. Um, but during contingency operations, we are actually OPCON or Operational Control under the 19th ESC. Um, so we work with the, the 403rd works with uh, the 19th ESC to synchronize uh, logistic support uh, throughout the peninsula. So um, we provide, you know, we work closely with the 19th ESC DMC, so the SPO um, operations section when it comes to material readiness and for support to uh, to the warfighter. So we collaborate when it comes to um, 
readiness for equipment for 8th Army uh, and for USAJ. We're always a part of the exercises uh, that are conducted as we're currently going to kick off a warfighter exercise here in support of 2ID. So we work closely with 19th ESC there. And then we also work closely when it comes to LOGCAP. So LOGCAP is a program um, that brings uh, civilian contractors to the battlefield uh, to be able to provide additional uh, support out to the field. So we work closely with the 19th ESC when it comes to that as well. And before you mentioned the fielding new equipment, so if any you're, you work closely with us because if any Army unit wants to receive new equipment, they have to work with, with 403rd, correct? Yes, so we work closely with 8th Army with the fielding of all new equipment, but all of those customers have to work with us um, to be able to coordinate the location, date, and time to be able to receive the training on the new equipment, sign for the new equipment, and then, of course, from there, they'll um, take to their respective locations. And recently, um, I think it was last month, the new sh- uh, shipment of JLTVs came to the peninsula. Was that kind of an exciting moment for for a third yes it was it was so the army field support battalion uh korea so colonel christina rebus and her team executed the uh, fielding of the jltvs up in camp casey area so it was a a big success um our uh our tank and automotive uh command senior command representatives that i have within the within the brigade also over uh, saw the operation and we brought contractors from CONUS, about 35 or so, uh, to be able to execute the fielding. Um, and then we also had a big mission of harvesting all of the old communications equipment from the Humvees um, over to the new JLTV. So um, that's still ongoing, um, but uh, FLIMNET was conducted, all of the OPNET was conducted for the training for the soldiers um, so they can uh, be fully trained and uh, start getting into the vehicles and and moving out. And did you get a chance to ride in one of them yourself, ma'am? I am heading there uh, next week, so planning to get up there and, and see the, the final week of the operation up there, and uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to do that. Yeah, I, 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 it looks interesting, interesting design, you know, the next generation of uh, Army transportation. And so um, we mentioned your prior assignments here in Korea, ma'am. What went through your mind when you heard you'd be taking, going back to Korea, this time as a brigade commander? So I was surprised, you know, before I left as a, as a battalion commander, a few of the uh, local nationals and Korean nationals said, oh, ma'am, you will be back, you know, as the brigade commander. I said, oh, no, the Army probably has different plans for me. Um, but when I returned and saw some of the same people, it was just amazing. It was almost similar to a homecoming. Um, I, I came to the brigade and I saw some of the familiar faces and it was good. It was great. I really enjoyed my time in Korea as a commander, as a battalion commander. Um, so I know I would enjoy a, a second time here in command. And so it was, uh, I could think I uh, kind of had a, uh, I could hit the ground running. So mm-hmm. that was a, definitely a plus for me because I was already familiar with the organization. And so you've been in command for almost six months now. So how would you look back on your, your first six months at, at 403rd? It's good. Uh, we've been uh, leveraging the momentum. We've made a lot of things happen in, in a short uh, five months, uh, executed many towns halls, uh, supervisor training, staff rides. Uh, I've I've issued our uh, annual training guidance uh, to all of our units, and uh, we've been able to uh, change up the battle rhythm to be able to kind of move the brigade forward. So it's been great. It's been exciting. Um, I have a great partner, Command Sergeant Major Reeves, um, and we command the brigade together, and it's just, uh, it's been a good experience, and uh, we're moving forward. And so how would you, I heard when you were on AFN, ma'am, you mentioned a kind of a mantra you have for leadership. Could you 
um, remind us what that is? Well, for the uh, the vision for the brigade, so um, kind of our vision statement is that we're setting conditions in Northeast Asia to win. And so um, that's basically stating what that means, you know, in, in regular, you know, simple terms is that we're completing all of our mission requirements, all of the tasks, so we can conduct our wartime mission at a very high uh, proficiency. Um, and so that's important here, being on the Korean Peninsula, being in Northeast Asia, we have to be able to win on the battlefield. And if I want to break out the word win in caps, it's really warfighter focused, innovative in all we do, and nothing's impossible without a strong team. And so as like the chief of the staff of the Army, General McConnell says, um, winning matters. Uh, so we're focused on winning here in Northeast Asia. Okay, excellent. And you, uh, this is your second time with your family in Korea? Is it or first? Second time. So mm-hmm. um, we, we like to talk with our, our, our guests who bring their families here just because, you know, a lot of people don't really, prospective Korea assignments, you know, don't really know what, what it's like over here. How, if, if you had to convince someone to take an assignment in Korea, maybe uh, go after a command sponsorship, how, how would you sell them on that? You know, I think it's a great opportunity here to serve in, in South Korea with your family. Um, here in Area 4 especially, um, you kind of have that small town feel, um, safe, secure, but you also have the great uh, city of Daegu here with lots to do and lots to uh, experience. So um, bringing my children the second time, I have twin girls who are seven years old. Uh, my husband's a retired officer uh, as well. So they're in the local uh, elementary school, which is great. Uh, they're in first grade. And uh, we love the community here. Um, they have a you know great here at Camp Walker, uh, specifically wonderful gym, library, community activity center, restaurants. So all the amenities you need uh, to really have a good uh, experience here in Korea. And uh, we live on post. And with the new towers, especially for mm. families, uh, those towers are great. Um, and they're brand new and fully furnished. And so um, it's a really good experience here. You don't, no need to worry about safety for your children or to run around the playgrounds here on post, um, but also have the, the luxury of being able to go out the gate, experience the culture, the Korean culture, the city of Daegu, and also Busan, which is about an hour oh, and a yeah. half south of here. You've got the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I mean, a great experience. You're able to uh, work with our partners and allies, the, the Korean and uh, also learn and get focused on your wartime mission here. Um, so it kind of, that's what I've enjoyed about Korea is that when you're here and you serve here, you have a focus, you're focused on your wartime mission and that proficiency, um, but you're still able to have that time with family and have them here with you for the two years. Yeah, that's a part of it that I think a lot of people forget about is that you're really experiencing your job differently than you would almost anywhere else in the world. You know, you're, you're doing it every single, you're not just training for it you're oftentimes just really doing it and um so the uh w- six months in command we mentioned ma'am what are some of your goals uh for the rest of your time here yes so some of my enduring um, priorities uh, for command is is to really focus um i'm going to focus on the work the workforce um and that becomes all things professional development so as i already mentioned we have a very diverse workforce um so i've already started uh, monthly lunch and learn sessions where we have different topics and um it's kind of the first uh, step towards professional development for our entire workforce so we host that on teams and we can bring in our our uh the workforce from 
Japan and from Okinawa on a particular topic. So I believe that if we invest in the workforce, uh, the mission is going to just continue to uh, improve and get better. So um, that's a big priority. Um, also, it's to bring um, log cap here to the Korean Peninsula. Um, right now, it's only for a contingency um, operation. So we're trying to work through the USFK, 8th Army, and the ROC MND to eventually be able to um, get uh, the logistics uh, civilian augmentation program here uh, to Korea. So I'm going to be working that over the next um, several years as well. And then also improving all things readiness, enabling readiness for 8th Army and USERJ. So whatever we can do to improve their operational readiness rates for their combat systems and also to, to support them whatever they whatever they may need in order to execute their wartime mission. So those are my top three kind of enduring priorities. And then before we go, ma'am, you mentioned earlier the, the new CIF on Humphreys. So for people who haven't been there yet, what is something they would notice about the new CIF on Humphreys compared to maybe the old one or your average CIF? Oh, yes. Yeah. So about a month ago, we uh, last month there, we uh, did the ribbon cutting for the new central issue facility CIF at Camp Humphreys, which is really, it was about a five years in the making. And um, it's just a fabulous uh, facility for our soldiers to experience when they first come here to the peninsula. They have to draw all of their gear. And then, of course, when they leave, um, they have, we'll see them as well when they turn everything in. But it's, it's night and day compared to the old facility. I actually remember going through the old CIF when I was a captain. Mm. And uh, it was the same one, Kwanzaa huts we had. And we had uh, leaks and things that we had to deal with in that building for uh, the last you know, 30 years. So um, the workforce and the morale has improved greatly as well um, for our Korean nationals that worked within the CIF. Um, so I think it's a win-win across the board for our soldiers and also our workforce there. Um, it's a great facility. Well, good to hear it. And uh, just want to thank you for coming by, ma'am. Uh, we'll continue to see you around Camp, Hem Camp Henry. Now, hopefully our viewers, our listeners uh, know a little bit about more about 403rd and about what you do over there. But uh, thanks for coming by, ma'am. Thank you. And uh, good luck the rest of your command. Thank you so much. Powerhouse. All right. <laughs>